And right. my wife, who's not a vegan, but she's a vegetarian, if I offered her this steak, yeah. you is what she would say. <laughs> like she... Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 11 minutes after 6 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning. We didn't get a lot from the vice president on what's happening with this family in Racine, trying to get their soldier son back, who I was, I was about to say defected to North Korea. I guess we're not sure that's entirely what happened there. It's it's awkward. It's hard to understand exactly. And I think they're still trying to determine that. I mean, we've heard a couple of different things. We've heard that, you know, he's a deserter. We've heard that he w- he was struggling mentally with some issues. His mother on Good Morning America talking about what she got a call from him once. I was half asleep and he just called and he just screamed, I'm not the Army soldier you want me to be. I'm not the Army soldier you want me to be. And he kept screaming that out loud. And then all of a sudden the phone hung up and then they were taking him to the hospital. Well, Congressman Brian Stile told us last week, or maybe it's now been two weeks ago, he told us, no, we got to get this guy back. You know, we don't leave anyone behind. So they're trying to get him. He said his office was working with the DOD on that. So the vice president was in town yesterday. Of course, she was in Kenosha County, close by where this family's from. This family was calling to meet with her to say, hey, you know, help help get him home. So TMZ Forest Charles Benson, who got some one-on-one time with the vice president yesterday, asked her specifically about it. Are you able to meet with them, reach out to them, talk about what the White House is doing about his situation in North Korea? Well, first of all, I it's just um, tragic, and, and I, I really, um, I know how his family is suffering. And we're doing everything we can to bring him home. Um, the Department of Defense is working actively on this. Um, through our State Department, there's a lot of activity on this. And we're going to do everything we can to bring him home. But no meeting. <laughs> no. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Well, for an assortment of reasons. But you know, I don't know what level of contact the family is able to have with these officials who claim they are working on this. I believe that regardless of the situation that this soldier was in, because he was in some trouble in he was serving in Correct. South Korea yes. and was in some trouble there. In fact, did some and, time. Yeah, there. had been locked up and was recently released, was being sent back. Military was sending him back to the States to face who knows what, right. possibly some punishment in association with that event that occurred in South Korea, and then he took off. But I think that's a separate question as to whether or not we want to do everything we can to get this person back. That's right. American over there. And also for strategic reasons, you don't want an American soldier in the hands no. of uh, of the North Koreans. I'm just still fascinated by this whole idea that there's like tour groups that go to the DMZ. And I understand why. I mean, I know there are memorial sites there because of the Korean War or whatnot, but this is like a place where people go and take pictures and get tours right there in the most militarized area in the world, according to some. Yeah, and what they're thinking on the north side is they're looking at <laughs> Right? They see like, all these people with cameras. What are you all looking at? <laughs> 614, Brandon Snide has sports. That's coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind their best-hitting performance of the season, the Milwaukee Brewers defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates on a Thursday night by a final of 14-1. Yes, the Brewers scored 14 runs. It was quite the game, while at the same time regaining the lead in the National League Central. Keller deals. This one is hit in the air. Get out of here and way go 
the new number two man in Bryce Terang. That's his fifth of the year, and that one, no doubt about it, second deck in right. Wow. Stop. Bob Euchre on the call here on WTMJ as Terrain, who switched his number. You heard Bob there talk about it from number zero to number two. So long, Luis Urias, as he socked in a three run, no doubter to right field. The Brewers rookies were the story of the game. Bryce Terrain, Joey Weimer, Sal Fralick combining for nine hits on the night, including nine runs batted in with the victory and another Cincinnati loss. The Brewers now leaders in the NL Central by half a game. Game two of the four-game set will get underway tonight with coverage beginning right here in WTMJ, beginning at 6.35. Over to the NFL, where training camp rolled on in Green Bay Thursday with another full padded practice for the Packers. Head coach Matt LaFleur, though, still looking for one particular improvement from his offense. When we get the call out, I want to see more tempo to the line of scrimmage, and that's that's all, all 11 guys, the, from the O-linemen to the wideouts getting lined up. Obviously, there's a lot of moving parts in our offense. You know, we've been a little bit sluggish, especially the last practice, way too sluggish out of the huddle. Next up for the team is family night, which will get underway inside Lambeau Field beginning at 7 p.m. on Saturday night. You can count on second-year wide receiver Christian Watson, who actually did not partake a season ago, as one who was looking forward to seeing the fans under the bright lights. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I missed it last year. Um, so, you know, just being able to go out there and, and uh, you know, ball out and, and just play and compete in front of the in front of our fans uh, is going to be fun. And lastly, bottoms up, Madison, Wisconsin will now offer beer, wine, and prepackaged alcoholic beverages for Badger basketball and hockey games at the Kohl Center and Labon Arena beginning this upcoming season. Question for you, Vinny and Eric, when is football next? Uh, I was, <laughs> that was my, que- <laughs> my first question. So no Camp Randall for that? Not yet. Only a matter of time. But you would right? imagine if you want some NIL money to help, you know, pay these athletes, selling the beverages at Camp Randall is a good way to start. Well, waiting for that call. We're waiting. It'll, it'll happen. 618 in Wisconsin's Morning News. Day two of the Wisconsin State Fair kicks off in just hours. We got CEO Sherry Black live next. At 622, day two of the Wisconsin State Fair. Gates open in less than four hours. Today is Celebrate Wisconsin Day at the fair. Should be every day, pretty much. Out of staters today, they get a special deal. Two adult tickets for just 18 bucks upon presenting an out-of-state ID. That deal good until 6 o'clock tonight. Sherry Black is the CEO of Wisconsin State Fair Park. She's with us live on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning. Hey, Sherry, on that, you know, I know we get a lot of folks who drive up from Illinois in particular for our fair, and you celebrate that. I'm sure in your role you've had an opportunity to visit other states' fairs. Have you brought back any ideas that you saw somewhere else? Oh, they do this in Iowa. That's really cool. Or something like that? Yes. Our industry is fantastic about sharing ideas. We don't say stealing because we are sharing. Um, But actually, that's a great segue into Cirque at the Fair. Um, This is something that I saw out on the East Coast at one of the New New England State Fair. Um, it's, It's a great addition. So far, it's been very well received and a fun new thing that we have this year. Sherry, I know there's been a couple of stories in the news over the last month or so w- with issues with rides. We had a situation up north at a, at a small fair where uh, people were stuck upside down for several hours. We had an issue in Illinois where a kid was thrown from a ride. What's being done to ensure the safety on all the rides there in the Midway? So we 
um, are an independent midway, which means we pick all of our rides and games. Um, so we definitely go after the best of the best because we are allowed to do that selection process on our own. This is actually an area that I used to oversee solely prior to becoming uh, CEO. And we do get inspected by the state of Wisconsin, but we also hire a third-party independent inspector. It's called International Leisure Consulting. Um, and the, the team from ILC is on site all 11 days of the fair. Um, so they're there checking rides. They inspect them after the state of Wisconsin inspects them. And they really get down into every piece of the ride. They literally, sometimes they're climbing inside of rides. So I am happy to ride all the rides. I, I love a good uh, spin me around, flip upside down. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> And I have three kids. I let them ride the ride. So I can tell you that I feel very confident our rides are extremely safe. Talking with the CEO of Wisconsin State Fair Park, Sherry Black, as we enter day two of the fair. Talk a little entertainment, Sherry, coming up this weekend. You got Jeff Dunham, the puppet guy, uh, comedian. He is the main stage act tomorrow night. Tommy James on Sunday night. Shaggy, salt and pepper on the main stage tonight. Yes, I think these are going to be great shows. We're really excited about them. So do you get... Also... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to also mention that Here Come the Mummies are playing at the Bank 5-9 Amphitheater nightly. Um, and that was a free walk-in show, right? Yes, yes. And if you have ever seen them, they're very, very entertaining. Sherry, since you, I mean, you used to show animals, you know, you know the barns. You've said that that's one of your favorite places to go. Can you tell right away when you walk into some of the barns, you're like, yep, that one. That one's going to do well. That's the blue ribbon yeah, calf. There, there's the ribbon right there. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't know that I'm super great at picking out the winners, but I definitely can pick the top few. Um, and today actually the dairy, the junior dairy show, which is the largest, um, national, nationally, it's the largest, uh, junior dairy cattle show. So those kids that are showing are between the ages of 12 and 19. And that is going on this morning. This is what I used to participate in when I showed at the fair. Sherry Blank, CEO of Wisconsin State Fair Park. It's going to be a huge day at the fair. Weather's perfect, Sherry. It is. Looking forward to it. All right. Hope it's a good one. Thanks so much. We'll talk again next week. You said you wanted offense. Got some offense for you. Brandon Snyde has sports coming up at 645. Lizzo reacts. Music superstar Lizzo, who rose to fame with her message of body positivity and self-love, now responding to a lawsuit filed by these three former dancers who accuse her of sexual harassment, creating a hostile and toxic work environment. We've been talking about this the last couple of days. The, the dancers have been on the morning talk show circuit talking about this lawsuit they filed. They claim they were the subject to weight shaming as well. ABC's Lana Moise has more on now what Lizzo is saying. Lizzo yesterday issued a statement addressing the claims, saying these sensationalized stories are coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional. The three accusers sat down with Good Morning America to respond to Lizzo's statement. It completely kind of invalidates all of our experience and our trauma and our pain. A little bit more here. Uh, Lizzo's attorney also released a video that says it shows one of the plaintiffs, Ariana Davis, praising Lizzo back in April, this after the singer's alleged misconduct. Now, in a response, Davis says the video was done before the bulk of their allegations occurred and that this was just her grasping at straws, a last attempt to make her see how committed she was. Uh, The allegations already taken a toll. This, This is a part that surprises me. Um, This happened very quickly. Usually, I mean, this isn't the first time we've heard about something like this. Like, Ellen survived. 
Um, but in this case, Billboard says Lizzo has lost more than 150,000 Instagram followers since news of this lawsuit broke. Like someone actually took the time to unfollow her. Because That's fascinating because we are of by our nature pretty lazy. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes, of course. Somebody we are. says something I don't like. I don't go. I, I wonder if I'm following that guy on Instagram. Yeah, right. Isn't and that then amazing? Unfollow. I wonder. Like, is this really there? The, is this the power of Beyonce though? I mean, because Beyonce like made it a point not to mention Lizzo when she usually does in one of her concerts that she was singing. Yeah, I'm surprised at, at how quickly you did see reaction from other entertainers. Unless, unless which, they knew uh, that's all along. Ex- exactly it, because before she was even out with her side of the story, right. you had folks piling on, and maybe they know something that we don't. 639 on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 6.42 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning, no, it wasn't that long ago that female police officers were a bit of a rarity. Milwaukee County Sheriff Danita Ball, just recently elected, she was sharing an experience that she had when she was a rookie cop with MPD. She talked with WTMJ's Libby Collins. You joined the police department at a time when there still were not that many women. How difficult was that to navigate? It was challenging because as a result, you're in a male-dominated field and some of the males thought that you were taking jobs away from them who needed to provide for their family. You could go to a house and they would ask, where's the real police? And call for a supervisor. And luckily, the supervisor would say, if you need service, this officer is here to help you. Otherwise, we're leaving. So there were still some barriers in that respect. And also would work from time to time with a police officer who didn't say a word to me for eight hours unless it was work-related. So you were in the same squad car with somebody for a full shift and they wouldn't talk to you unless check that guy out over there. Or unless we were dispatched to an assignment and he had to ask a question or two of me based upon what the investigation was or what I found out. But otherwise, we drove around for eight hours, and he never said a word. That's Sheriff Danita Ball talking about her journey to becoming Milwaukee's top law enforcement official in the county. She joins Libby Collins on WTMJ Conversations Sunday morning at 11, right here on WTMJ. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers bounced back in a big way on Thursday night, defeating the Pittsburgh Pirates over at American Family Field by a final score of 14-1. With the win and a Cincinnati loss, the Brewers now leaders in the NL Central by just a half game. Game two of the four-game set between the Pirates will get underway tonight with coverage beginning at 635 right here on WTMJ. Big changes coming to Madison this season as Wisconsin will now offer beer, wine, and prepackaged alcoholic beverages for Badger basketball and hockey games at the Kohl Center and Laban Arena beginning this upcoming season. And lastly, to the NFL, where a training camp rolled on in Green Bay Thursday with another full padded practice for the Packers. Next up for the team is Family Night, which will get underway inside Lambeau Field beginning at 7 p.m. on Saturday night. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. 
The Milwaukee Brewers are entering the final two months of their season, currently sitting atop the National League Central Division. Don't look too far ahead, though, as the Reds are just a half game back, and the surging Cubs, who feel like they haven't lost a game since the beginning of July, are right in the rearview mirror. It would be an understatement for me to come here and tell you that it's been a roller coaster season for this Brewers team. Outside of injuries, the only other consistent theme in 2023 has been the lack of production amongst the Brewers' veterans. You are getting little, if anything, from guys like Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez, Brian Anderson, Luis Urias, who the Brewers already traded. Just sit back and ask yourself this. Outside of maybe Christian Yelich, which other veterans this season have impacted this team more than these freshmen? Or ask yourself if any of the veterans most fans counted on prior to the season have made an impact at all? Short answer, if you're looking for it, is none. None at all. Based on the lack of production from the veterans, the life of this Brewers team lies solely on the backs of the kids they just called up this season, including one who was just called up a few weeks ago. Sal Fralick, Joey Weimer, Bryce Terrain, and Garrett Mitchell, when he comes back, are your present and your future in Milwaukee. If the Brewers are to make a memorable fall run to October and clinch this current three-headed race for the division, they'll do so on the shoulders of the guys they just called up this season. Later this month, former President Donald Trump will return to federal court as he's now been charged with and entered not guilty pleas, charges related to the alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. How quickly will all this move? ABC's Aaron Katursky in Washington. The special counsel asked for a speedy trial and the former president's attorneys resisted. They said that the special counsel had months, if not years, to investigate Donald Trump and they want a lot of time to review the evidence. ABC News political director Rick Klein is live with us from Washington this morning on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Rick, let's start with this. Trump is the GOP frontrunner for president nonetheless in 2024. We've got the first debate here in Milwaukee coming up later this month. Do you think these charges and what's happened now make it more or less likely Trump would participate in that debate? You know, in, in some ways, I, I actually think it makes it less likely, uh, in part because he believes it's helping him in the polls, uh, in part because... You know, we know that the January 6th issues are going to be front and center even more than they might have been otherwise. There was an interesting wrinkle into the, in the terms of his, uh, of his release is that he's not allowed to discuss the aspects of January 6th with anyone as a potential witness. Well, guess who's a potential witness? Mike Pence. Uh, Mike Pence is likely to be on that debate stage. Uh, so I, whether or not it's, it's specifically uh, outlined by him to try to avoid that kind of uh, a, a potential conflict, and it really is a major one, I don't think there's a, a particular incentive in, the, in light of what just happened here for former President Trump to, to, to show up, uh, again, as, so long as he's leading as he is in the polls. Rick, what's your take on Pence and the other candidates and how they're reacting to what happened this week? Uh, well, Pence to me is the most interesting because he has changed his tune to a pretty significant degree now to say uh, that, yeah, he, he thinks that the former president did things that are so bad, so beyond the pale that, that he should never be president again. And he's held his fire in that particular way. Obviously, we know how he acted versus how the former president demanded that he act uh, up on, on January 6th and around January 6th. But now it's at a different level. And that different level to me is uh, – is a really interesting one, and it raises interesting questions about what it means. It's just harder to dismiss everything that, that's being said by a, a rival candidate when that rival candidate is the former vice president, who was as loyal as anyone to Donald Trump, up to that demand that, that Pence maintains and that the indictment would play out, 
was, uh, was beyond the Constitution. So a lot of new details in this indictment that, that impact Pence directly. We're talking with ABC News political director Rick Klein. It's interesting, Rick. So how about the others in the GOP field? you got Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. He's been far more guarded in his criticism of Trump, at least on the election on January 6th. Do you see a pivot coming for him at all, or perhaps some of the others who now might see a signal that it's politically safe for them to be out in that ta- is category? It is it right. safe? Yeah, that, that's the question. I mean, so many of them have predicated their campaigns on the thought that, you know, Trump's so popular, you want to inherit his voters. You don't want to offend those voters along the way. So I, I don't know that they view it as safe at this moment. Um, they may they may see something of an opening, something of a theme. But to my mind, a lot of what they've said so far might only be making Trump stronger in that uh, when you say that there's a two-tiered Justice Department, when you say that Joe Biden is just as guilty, uh, you're playing to the cheap seats and you're, you're telling people maybe what they want to hear, but it's not going to be something that, um, that, that, that distinguishes yourself. And it might actually be strengthening the hand and strengthening the argument uh, that, that others are making uh, in Trump's defense. If, if Trump is the one saying that, that is fueling so much of his support step by step, day by day. It's hard to see how that ends up being a winning argument. ABC News political director Rick Klein. Appreciate your time this morning, Rick. Thank you. So we've got the GOP debate coming up a little bit later this month and then shortly thereafter, the former president's next court appearance. Mm-hmm. I think I, I completely agree with Rick, particularly since, right, think about the dynamics. If former President Trump has been ordered by the court not to discuss the case with other principals, including Vice President Mike Pence, how can they be in the same debate stage? Right, and he gets asked about it. I'm like, am I allowed to talk about it with this guy here? Should he leave the room? Who has to leave first? Who has to leave the room? Bizarre. Yeah, I think it's unlikely. There's been conversations about whether might he might hold a dueling event, taking a live interview. It's been suggested, perhaps Fox News or perhaps Tucker Carlson in his podcast now or whatever. What form he's on would have a live interview with former President Trump on the same night of the GOP debate here in Milwaukee. Just steal it, steal all right, the attention. Try to, try to suck all the attention away, and then yeah. everybody's watching that, and nobody's watching these other candidates up here on stage in Milwaukee. See what happens.